Listeners, how are you all doing this day? I hope you're all having a good week. Uh, so today's episode might be a little shorter. Uh, we are discussing Fox and the Hound 2. It is another kind of one of those direct-to-video sequels, so there's, pro- there's really not going to be much to talk about in terms of uh, in terms of it because there's, you know, not a whole lot of plot, but, you know, I guess, well, we'll, we'll make it work. But anyway, first off, uh, so there, <laughs> that's actually also going to be a pretty quiet news day. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of, in terms of, like, major, um, uh, what's it called? Um, headlines uh, kind of sticking out. The only one that's kind of there is just the fact that uh, Senator Ron DeSantis officially signed the bill to uh, remove the self-governing identity of Disney World. So, you know, that's that. Uh, Reedy Creek is no longer a thing, or at least it won't be a thing for much longer. I'm sure they have to go through some sort of steps in order to fully dissolve it. But... You know, yeah, so that's going to be a thing. Uh, people are not excited. Well, I'm not sure if people fully know the extent of what's going to happen with it. But the big thing is, is that uh, the it seems like there is a law that makes it so that I think I talked I think I touched on this last week, but there's a law that makes it so that the billion dollars in in bond debt that that uh uh, Reedy Creek had is now going into this into the into the surrounding um, counties. Uh, there's a short little video that uh, I found. Well, it's not so much that I found, but that was brought to my attention uh, by John Oliver, who actually touched on it a little bit. And so it's a very short video. It's like four minutes. I'm going to link it in the description. Um, but he he does such a much better job of explaining things at least a little bit than I do. So I'm going to link that video. He talks about it. He talks about uh, that kind of stuff. Oh, while of course being quite funny because he is very funny. We like John Oliver. He's very good. So with that, uh, I'm just going to go ahead right now and jump into Fox and the Hound 2. So Fox and the Hound 2 is what is known as a mid quill, which is basically a movie that takes place during the events of the original. And so in this film, Todd and Copper are still uh, children. Uh, Todd is still a kit. Copper's still a pup. And uh, this is meant to kind of sort of like, I guess, expand on their friendship a little bit. I mean, I kind of get it and I kind of see it. And uh, that's fine. But yeah, it's all in all, it's a cute movie. Uh, but, you know, it's straight to video. It's one of those straight to video ones that was done by the Disney Toon Studio. So, you know, it's not perfect, but it's not awful either. We start off basically with uh, Todd and Copper chasing a little cricket. They're having a good time. You know, they're enjoying themselves. The uh, The soundtrack of this movie is I actually don't hate. So it's very bluegrassy, very uh, it's a little bit country. Um, because of course, well, when you have, uh, Reba McIntyre voicing one of the dogs, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, you kind of can't help but lean into a certain genre. Uh, yeah. So it's very, the, the music is very kind of that fun twangy, uh, country style. I don't necessarily, I'm not super familiar with like the style of music, but it best I can connected to is very bluegrass uh but yeah so it's uh 
it's a fun it's a fun movie in terms of the music uh so beginning we got todd and copper kind of having fun chasing a cricket they're having a good time and then eventually they kind of find themselves in the road they stumble into the road and they see a big line of trucks that are bringing in the county fair uh into the town that should be that is nearby where they live of course we've never seen a town before because you know in the original it seems like uh slade and uh widow Tweed just kind of live in the middle of nowhere but presumably there is a town so we see uh some trucks bringing in a fair and then suddenly this truck goes by and there's this wonderful singing happening and then copper is mesmerized by the sound and we look, and it's this kind of old-style school bus with the singing strays painted on the side. Uh, and so we kind of get an idea, okay, so this might actually be, you know, significant. And so Todd and Copper uh, head off into, uh, or they decide to go see the fair, but Copper gets in trouble because he tries to do a little bit of uh, tracking or hunting training but it doesn't go very well and so slate is grumpy again because he's grumpy and so he ties so he ties copper up uh and kind of grounds him and so he and she and so slate and chief go to the fair without him instead todd shows up he's like fuck this and so uh removes the collar from copper uh and they sneak off into the fair you know children they act like children uh, eventually they find they come across the dogs they come across the singing dogs uh who's uh, a group of five you have dixie who is a saluki breed who is uh voiced by reba mcintyre cash a spanish hound breed who is voiced by patrick swayze yeah patrick freaking swayze granny rose who just looks like an uh i don't know what breed she is she's just a weird mixed breed but she's old <laughs> And then twin brothers Waylon and Floyd, both bloodhounds, both voiced by our dear friend. Um, oh shit! Why am I forgetting his name? He's like Jim Cummings. My brain is not working today. <laughs> uh, anyway, and so the the whole premise of this film is that Cash becomes very he becomes very focused on putting on a good show because there's a talent scout that is coming into town uh, for this thing called the Grand Ole Opry, uh, which is a big thing in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's like a one-hour radio thing. Um, uh, it's a weekly American country music stage concert in Nashville. So it's kind of a big deal when, in terms of, like I guess, like bluegrass and country music. And so the talent scout is due to come to the fair. And so Cash is really wanting to succeed. Dixie is being a little bit of a diva. And so Cash and Dixie get into an argument. Dixie walks off. Uh, but while they're singing, Cash hears Copper singing along. And so Cash decides to invite Copper uh, into the band in order to get a, to fill out, the, fill out the group. Cash asks him if he's... Cash asks copper if he's a stray because the concept is that they're all strays within within the group even though they're all technically owned by their by the the banjo playing master that they have <laughs> so it's like are they really a stray but i think it's just per, just for the sake of argument um todd lies for copper 
and says, yeah, 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 because Todd sees how excited Copper is and wants to be a good friend and everything. And so Cash invites him to to sing, uh, to join the band. Uh, and basically, Copper just spends the entire day with the band and almost entirely forgets about Todd. And Todd takes this very personally because, of course, he wanted to he wanted to play with Copper and he wanted to spend some of the, at least some of the day with Copper. They made a promise to go and see the fireworks together, but of course they didn't because Copper was with Cash in the band and they saw the fireworks together. And Todd, even though he saw them, the print the, the point of the fact is that he wanted to see them with Copper, in which he didn't. So there's a little bit of uh, tension between the two of them, and so that's kind of. Uh, that's where some of the tension comes in is that uh, Copper and Todd are now kind of at odds with each other because Copper really wants to be, he wants to do this band thing. He wants to make Cash proud, but Todd is like, what about me, dude? Like you just up and like fucking dump me. So I can, I can understand, you know, getting ditched like that. It's not very, you know, it's not nice. Anyway, uh, Dixie comes to Todd, um, sympathizes with him a little bit because, you know, he's like, she's, she, she feels kind of tossed aside, even though there's supposed to be like this connection between Dixie and Cash, there's meant to be like a romantic connection. It's subtly, not so subtly hinted, uh, but it's there. It's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's a thing. Um... And so, yeah, and so they decide to kind of join forces and concoct a bit of a plan because, of course, Todd let it slip that Copper isn't actually a stray at all. So, Dixie hatches the plan to get kicked, to get Copper kicked out of the band. Todd, as part of this plan, sneaks into Chief's barrel at the house and then lures him, lures Chief and slade to the fair because overnight slade and tweed were both looking for their respective kids like fur babies and so on the way there like the uh the singing strays are performing uh and the talent scout mr biggerstaff is like just about to find them but of course ridiculous hilarity ensues because todd is being chased and so you know mayhem shit's being broken and everything apparently at some point dixie climbs into the ferris wheel and the ferris wheel breaks and rolls right into the freaking barn where they're all singing so the whole thing becomes a disaster basically slade finds copper and then uh, cash discovers that copper is not astray and so that causes more conflict within the band and effectively copper is fired he goes home and uh granny rose and the rest of the members feel that cash has been was being a bit hard on copper and not just that but also being a bit of a hard ass because he's so focused on becoming a successful singer and performer and everything he's starting to bring everybody down and kind of taking the fun out of things um uh Granny Rose actually makes a point of saying that, like, you know, he's not fun anymore. And so the band kind of just breaks up. Cash uh, blames Dixie uh, for everything that she did. Copper ends his friendship with Todd because he ruined everything. But 
Dixie admits uh, to Cash that blowing Copper's cover was her idea. Or no, sorry. Dixie admits to Copper that blowing Copper's idea was, or that blowing Copper's cover was her idea and not Todd's. Uh, and so her ho- her hope is that is to kind of repair that that drift. And so Todd is brought home by the owner, or is brought home by Widow Tweed. Um, there's an almost accident in which Mr. Bickerstaff's hat flies off his head and lands on Todd. And so now we have a little bit of a potential thing. And so Todd goes up to Copper, apologizes, they reconcile, hoping to atone. Uh, Todd shows the hat to Copper, who sniffs it and tracks down the talent scout. Uh, Todd goes to Cash and Dixie, or sorry, no, Todd goes to Dixie. I think it's Dixie. Anyway, Todd and Copper go to Cash and Dixie separately and tell them that the other is in trouble. Basically, Cash thinks that Dixie's in trouble. Dixie thinks that Cash is in trouble. And so they all come together and they all end up meeting at the diner that uh, that Bickerstaff is at. And they decide to sing again. And in their singing, Bickerstaff comes out, hears their singing and is like, that's them. That's who I'm going to get. That's who I'm going to get to perform. And so he basically hires them for the Grand Old Opry. And that's basically the whole movie. Yeah, I told you it was going to be a short episode. There's not a whole lot to this movie. Like, I was trying, like, I saw, I literally watched it just yesterday. And, like, bits and pieces of the movie are, like, already out of my head. (laughs) Like, it's not bad, but it's also not great. Um, I can understand why this movie did not do so well like there there isn't even a a listing of the box office or no but they can't be because of course it went straight to video so um yeah like it is it is kind of fun to kind of hear reba and patrick swayze which this is his only voice role by the way uh do these characters they did a good job of course because they are consummate professionals uh, and yeah, uh, the movie was released in December of 2006. Uh, all in all, <laughs> the film was given two stars out of five. Uh, but then the the critic Kevin Carr says that The Fox and the Hound 2 is never going to live down as a classic, but it isn't terrible. It falls somewhere in the middle of the Disney DVD sec- sequel spectrum, which I kind of agree uh, John Puccio of Movie Metropolis gave it 4 out of 10, writing like most sequels. It's a pale imitation of the original. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it, uh, is, it, is that about 20% and 4 out of 10. So the big thing is that like people, I feel like people are trying to, like you can't compare this movie to the original because it's, they're two totally different movies, right? I feel like this one, Fox and the Hound 2, I think is trying to be a fun comedic romp of friends and things but whereas the original is far more dramatic right and so it's you can't compare the two films because the two films are effectively they feel like two different genres so that's that uh yeah the the movie has in comparison well the 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 main difference is that this movie is meant to be a musical uh because of all the songs that it has um the previous one the original does have songs in it 
but I wouldn't call it a musical, strictly speaking, because the songs, I feel, are more circumstantial as opposed to actually, like, feeling like they move the plot a little bit. Um, or at least give some sense of inner monologue or inner dialogue kind of thing. Uh, they're more just kind of like, this is what's happening in this scene. Like, they're, they're more descriptive songs in the original as opposed to in this one where you have, like, for example, Hound Dude, uh, which uh, I believe, or which is sung by Cash, well, but not by Patrick Swayze. Um, but it's sung by uh, Cash's character and in a description for him and uh, for him and Todd. Sorry, Copper, of him and Copper kind of becoming best buddies kind of things. My general review of this movie is, I suppose, just very middle of the road like I don't know it's tough I want to try and say more things about it but it's really tough like there really isn't much else to say other than it's all right does it change my does it change how I feel about the relationship between Todd and Copper I mean not really I mean did it build anything didn't really because like the the I feel like there should be at least some sort of expansion or more build to their relationship so that if you decide to go back to the original Fox and the Hound movie then like the 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 rift between the two becomes that much more impactful except I feel like in the original Fox and the Hound they already kind of did a good job of doing that like, I feel like the Fox and the Hound did a, the original did a better job of giving you, of making you feel more sad about their friendship breakup, air quotes, uh, than this movie did. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, that's all I can really say about it. I don't know. Watch, watch the film. Draw your own conclusions. It is, of course, on Disney+. Plus. So, like... I don't know. Tell me tell me what you all think. I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah, uh that's about it. I know it's a super short episode and I apologize for that, but I mean, admittedly, like once you watch the once you watch it, you will understand what I mean in that there isn't really a whole lot to say or to go about it. Am I sad that uh Reba McIntyre is in this movie? Absolutely not. Reba is awesome and does a very good job and is surprisingly funny yeah um rob paulson's also in this movie we love rob rob paulson uh if you don't know who that is where the fuck have you been uh he was he's voiced literally two half of the teenage mutant ninja turtles Raphael in the original 80 in the original 80s version and donatello in the 2012 version uh yakko warner dr otto scratch and sniff from uh and pinky from animaniacs and pinky in the brain like we know this. We know this voice. Him and Jim Cummings are kind of like pretty big ones. Uh, also, friggin' Jeff Foxworthy is in this movie for reasons because I guess they needed another southern, another southern sounding voice. I guess. Anyway, all in all, it's pretty meh. I give it. I I I probably give it like a five or a six out of ten. Like it's. Eh. Anyway, yeah, that's about it. But next week. 
next week is a whole other story next week is the black cauldron and i have been looking forward to this for ages i am so excited we're gonna watch the black cauldron it's disney's like big foray into like fantasy like an actual fantasy adventure uh and their first like pg-13 movie like this movie was rated pg-13 and that's never been done before in terms of uh like for any of the Disney animated features, even the ones where straight up parents get murdered. Like I'm very excited for this movie. I haven't seen this movie in so long. So here we go next week. Black Cauldron. I hope to see y'all there. Uh, I hope y'all take care of yourselves. Uh, remember, drink your water, eat your food, take your meds. Uh, I love you. Okay. Bye.